All right, we are live tonight. Welcome back. It is Monday, April the 27th. It is uh, outside in happy hour time, and I'm very excited to have a bunch of artists on, some new artists, some that have been on before, but I want everybody to be able to introduce themselves. So we have people from kind of all over tonight, which is great. And uh, so let's get it rolling. Let's start with some of the new faces to our stream. So let's go to uh, Doug Stone. Why don't you tell everybody who you are and where you're calling from and any any fun facts that you'd like to share? Okay. <laughs> so my name's Doug Stone. I play the saxophone. Uh, and I live uh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I teach at Louisiana State University. Um, and I was just telling everybody that there we have a lot of kids on our street here in uh, Baton Rouge. There's actually about 15 kids just on this one block of our street. And the kid across the street today is having his ninth birthday party, and somehow his parents arranged for a fire truck. Uh, of course, right now is when the fire truck is here. So it may get a little loud. <laughs> We're here but all the kids are having fun. I have got four little kids myself, so they're out there playing. Um but yeah, I uh, I live in Baton Rouge. This is uh, this is my second year, so I'm kind of finishing up my fourth semester um, teaching at LSU. And I was in Rochester, New York, for a long time before that. And I I am originally from Illinois. I lived in Chicago for a while as well. Excellent, thank you, Doug and uh, Tomoko. Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, my name is Tomoko Omura. I play violin, and uh, I just joined outside in music and i'm releasing my album in august august the end of august august 28th and uh very excited about it and i'm speaking to you from brooklyn (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah (laughs) we haven't been out um but uh, i i have a newborn who's two months old so um a lot of things to do but um (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) can only imagine yeah uh all right let's keep let's let everybody get a chance here so kang why don't you introduce yourself okay hi hi everyone um so my name is kang um kang shagat and i play piano i released an album with outside in music last year in november and a little fun fact of mine is i do have a last name (laughs) (laughs) but 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 you can call me king yes that's that's all i want to say now (laughs) uh i love it uh brian sorry i surprised him Uh, my name is brian scarborough and uh, i'm relatively new to the outside in music family Uh, i'll be releasing my debut album on next level on august 7th so that is something I've been very excited about, but I am a trombonist, composer, and educator, and I live in Kansas City. So, great. Yeah, happy to be here tonight. Excellent. Let's stay on the trombone train. Let's go to Seth. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Seth Weaver, and uh, I live in New York City, and I'm also a trombone player, and I have a big band, and we, we just released our first album a month ago today, actually, I think. If today's the 27th yeah mm. and so i'm brandy with outside music as well and uh glad to be here tonight excellent uh pete and will one whoever wants to jump in yeah good evening everyone uh my name's peter anderson i'm a saxophonist and clarinetist uh, my brother and i just released um 
uh, a new album on Outside End Music um, this month, um, featuring Dave Wong, Jeb Patton, and Jimmy Cobb, and it's has a lot of original music and standards on it. And uh, you know, just really thrilled to be in this community on on, on this label with all these other great artists. Um, and this is a strange time we're all going through right now. Um, um, you know, no one's got any gigs, and we're <laughs> having to find new ways to get out you know, get our music out there by doing videos and, and podcasts like this and things like that. So, uh, you know, looking forward to talking about all that stuff tonight. Excellent. Will? Cool. So um, I am the twin brother of Peter. So um, we're identical twins. I know we look similar, but I've decided to grow up a bit of a beard. <laughs> nice. This, uh, I can see I'm not the only one, so Seth. <laughs> yeah. Found it. Found it. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, we've known uh, Nick Finzer for a while. We went to school together, but uh, we're new to the outside-in family. And like my brother mentioned, we're uh, in the midst of about to release a, a quintet album. So um, we're excited to be here, and um, I'm excited to to see some new faces and learn some new things. Awesome. So uh, if, for those that are watching live um, on the various channels, feel free. We I finally figured out how to get all the chats to come into one place so I can actually see the chats as they come in. So if people want to ask questions to anybody, do feel free to do so. Uh, and if anybody wants to steer the conversation in a certain way, feel free to uh, do so. But I'll otherwise I'll um, ask annoying questions until we're done. Sure. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, Pete kind of brought up something that I was thinking about and kind of what what everyone's thinking about kind of these days, especially. I mean, things maybe could start to change, reopen, and then the next month or so, two months, whatever, depending on where you are. And But gigs seem to still be canceled and falling and camps and all the different fun summer things that we usually look forward to are kind of, at least for me, starting to disappear even the last the last hold holdouts are starting to kind of fall so i'm wondering um what everyone's doing to try to come up with new ways of connecting with you know musicians or their fans or what have you guys been doing uh other podcasts or doing live streams or i don't know what is what have people been doing to kind of fill up their creative time uh and thinking about doing starting this summer or whenever uh the gigs don't come back yeah <laughs> I think, you know, Nick, that that is uh, has been kind of a really fascinating feeling for me that everything is canceled. All the stuff that I fill up my time with, I find probably as most of us do, that my normal life is just busy, 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 running around from neck, one thing to the next. And I've always kind of found that I am the tend to be the most productive when I'm really busy, when there's a lot of stuff going on. That's when I'm like my, it's it, for some reason, I think you're kind of just flowing and your ideas come and it's easy to kind of have some output. Mm -hmm. um, so my, you know, my first thinking in this type of situation would be that I would have been worried about, you know, how that is going to translate when there's nothing going on. Now I, Probably, I, I imagine, you know, maybe unique to most of you. I have four little kids right now. My oldest is eight and my youngest is three months old. Um, and so, um, interestingly enough, I found that I almost feel more busy 
not going out because there's just responsibilities around the house and things that I might have normally just kind of, you know, my wife would have had to take care of with me gone and, you know, doing different things or even going to camps in the summer that I'm, you know, I'm having to balance that with some of my other creative activities. So in some ways I've actually felt more busy over this time than I normally do when I'm working. Um, However, so, so that is interesting. And then also that I've found that some things that maybe I would have just thought about, and actually a lot of things that I've been inspired to do, seeing things that you're doing, Nick, and some of the offerings that Outside In has, you know, I've, I've started to kind of turn my focus in that direction. And so I find that I'm posting a little bit more on social media. There's things like this that come up. Um, you know, there's, I, I did a solo, you, I know, you know, Nick, you did a performance workshop for the Fayetteville Arkansas Jazz Festival last weekend, and I had put that together, and then, you know, we recorded that, and then that was released, and so there was, you know, and then there was the live stream of that, so I wanted to be present for that and answering question, questions on the chat, and, you know, this, this type of thing comes up. I have a podcast that I've been kind of trying to do, Tenor Talk, where I just kind of hang and talk with tenor players about, you know, just kind of like a, a hang or a conversation you'd have uh, if you were on the break talking about reads. or something. What's that? Just talking about reads. Is that what you guys do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and interestingly enough, I don't, we have not talked about equipment. I've, I've probably <laughs> done about 20 interviews and, and I definitely was kind of looking forward to yeah. the uh, shop talk, you know. I, I don't, I don't believe that for one second. <laughs> it's true. You, you got to check them out, man. I'll send you the transcripts. You can, you can search them, search it out. Um, but I've been able to do, you know, some interviews there, and I just, I find that my days are really kind of booked. And some of the projects and things that I would like to do, I'm, I'm going to have to kind of work towards getting those done. It's also made me think, you know, I do a lot of teaching and. And I thought about, you know, some ways to maybe uh, <laughs> market or uh, monetize some of the teaching stuff that I normally do face to face. But maybe this is the opportunity where over the summer, you know, I've had three weeks of camps canceled and, you know, all my, I was going to do some summer teaching here and that. And, uh, and so I really kind of have a plan to try and get on top of some of that, but I find that I've had to be just as organized with my time. If I'm going to get anything done, even in this situation. Now, you know, if I wasn't in the house with five other people, maybe that would be different, (laughs) but, but for me, and then, and my last point here is that I have also been really fascinated to see all of the, I think even the quality of the things people are doing online has improved over the last <laughs> few weeks. Like, you know, going from just like people jamming in their bedrooms, you know, <laughs> to, you know, creating some content that, that I think a lot of musicians have found better ways to have higher quality and engaging online material because, man, We've taken away everything that we naturally do, which is interacting on with people, feeling, you know, what's happening as we're playing, and even with teaching. I mean, I feel the room just as much with when I'm teaching as if not more than I do when I'm performing. And so, having to, you know, you got to kind of find creative ways to use the resources we have, which I think musicians are good at historically. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. So, what have you guys? What, what about anybody else? Well, actually, um, one thing that my brother and I just did, um, actually, we put it up a couple days ago, but 
we uh, we compiled um, about 150 transcribed solos and okay. put them up all on our website. Um, as of now, it's all free. Um, I'm not sure if that was the right decision or not, but um, <laughs> you know, um, we over the years the two of us have just kind of amassed like a big collection of transcribed solos. So we thought, um, let's put them out to the world and um, you know, so educators and students and our friends can access them. And um, we might make it um, kind of collaborative so people can add to it and then make it even bigger. Oh, nice. But um, it was it was fun. So um, <clears throat> that's something website? recent. Where can we people just find did. it? Oh, our website, uh, peteranwillanderson.com. And then it's, what is it, the page called so people can go it's, and steal it's all your... Slash solos. Slash solos. Cool. Yeah. Great. Awesome. That's so, awesome. That, um, that was pretty fun. Um, I don't know what, what, what you all do for, for transcribed solos. Do you, um, you write them out and give them to your students, or do you just have your students do them? Or um, be interested to see what you guys do. I, I don't think I very frequently provide the students with the transcriptions. Um, and <laughs> I, I would love to say that all the students I've taught have really been on their game and learned new transcriptions all the time. But honestly, I, in, in terms of teaching, I recycle, a, you know, there's, there's a, there's a body of transcriptions that I want my various students to do. And I don't, you know, if, if I get a student that gets to the point where they're doing a new transcription, that would be, that would be great. I would love to see one that I haven't done, mm. you know, <laughs> that, they're, that they're working on. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the, just to chime in a little bit about the transcriptions, I've learned through doing this whole project with, with me and my brother, a lot of the transcriptions that you'll find, you know, online or in books are wrong. And once you get mm -hmm. to a certain level, like everyone on this call, when you're professional and you're recording and performing and stuff, once you like the Omni book is a Charlie Parker book that I grew up playing. And I, and I recently went back to it and man, there's a lot of wrong notes in there. Um, another thing is all the solos are written um, with no sharps or flats in the key signature. So if, right. the, if the tune has three flats in it, there's no uh, accidentals. Um, so it just makes it very frustrating to read. So at the very least, what we're trying to do by putting out these solos is at least provide some accurate transcriptions that people can sight read um, mm -hmm. and, you know, that aren't, that aren't incorrect. Uh, right. So right. At, at the very least, I think it's, it's good sight reading practice. You know, even if you're not going to, if you're going to require your students to do their transcriptions themselves, that's good. But if you're not looking to transcribe and you're just looking to get some sight reading practice, they're good for that. And I've always yeah, thought it's a balance of that, you know, like sometimes people just need, the students just need to get into the vocabulary. You know, mm -hmm. I've, there's been plenty of transcriptions that as I was growing up, I just read them out of books a lot. I can remember, you know, just, for six weeks playing the same transcription. I wasn't doing any of the right stuff. You know, I wasn't trying to memorize it or, you know, draw any vocabulary or thing like that, but I just played along with it. And, you know, that type of resource, if you guys have uh, 
150 transcriptions. I mean, you know, just playing one of those a day, <laughs> you know, it, just to play it, just to get the kind of the sounds in your head and under your fingers. I think yeah. that's an amazing resource. Definitely. Yeah, I, yeah. I like to write down my transcriptions. I've got a queue of, I don't know how many, 30 to 40 of them on my website. And most of them are all trombone, um, trombone solos. But there's a couple others. And I find, yeah, I find that they're good reading materials. And it's always interesting if you take it to a jazz camp and have, that's your sight reading is a JJ solo. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of know, not only can they read, but, but you know, does the light go off and, oh, I know this. I've heard yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think, I know there's, there seems to be a, a divide of some people say, yeah, you only, only learn your solos by memory. And some people say, yeah, I'll write them down. And I think just do both, you know, mm -hmm. I think that's the best balance of it all is, is yeah, you know, write them down. It's good practice to notate everything. And if you can do them, do them by hand just to, to see if you can make it clear and everything, but uh, then learn the next one by memory. And then maybe in a month, try to write it down for memory and see if you can do that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I just think they're great educational tools too for being able to give out at camps and things and really illustrate, oh, this is how they're outlining the chords. Something that, again, I think students, at least I would have had a hard time when I was in high school or maybe you know, around early high school years identifying, oh, they're outlining, you know, nine, three, five, seven, nine, whatever. But when you see it on paper, it's like, oh, that all of a sudden makes sense. So um that's stuff that i think helps just make it a little bit more concrete because improvisation is so conceptual and people learn in so many different ways so yes speaking of uh, mistakes and transcriptions i went back recently and looked at uh when i was in high school i did like 15 jj johnson solo transcriptions and the amount of mistakes in those 15 transcriptions <laughs> was pretty unbelievable but uh <laughs> i have uh a couple of students that I try to pick a solo that really helps whatever my student needs to work on kind of uh, have all those things in there. Like I have a student who's working on mainly just his swing feel overall. So I try to pick a solo that really shows that in a really clear way. Uh, so he can work on that specific thing and kind of like uh, customize whatever, you know, whatever the student needs and pick a solo based on that. It's been pretty, cool. uh, pretty useful. Nice. You know, I also think a good thing about what you're saying too, that you can show your students now that you've gone back with those 15 is that mm -hmm. you can say, when I was in high school, my ear caught this stuff in this way. And right. as I've grown and developed, now I'm able to go back and, and I'm hearing these things in a completely different way. And now mm -hmm. I think that's a really neat thing to show students. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, I'd love to hear from Tomoko and Kang. We haven't heard yet. What do you guys, what have you been up to uh, oh, I know, this uh, last few weeks, months, <laughs> okay. years? Um, How long has it been? <laughs> um, Tomoko, you can go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, I, I usually I'm very busy with like playing with different groups and you know always trying to keep up with the next thing and playing gigs but uh lately because we don't perform then I 
I realized that I have unreleased live videos. So I've been editing those live videos and probably I didn't have a chance to look at it and edit and release it in general because I'm too busy. And, you know, I'm hoping the next, you know, live show, I would maybe like it more. So maybe I release then. So I've been kind of not releasing my performance videos so much, but this is a great, you know, time to share the past performances. So I'm actually releasing the live videos in May for like every Fridays. And right. I'm excited awesome. to do that. Yeah, like we we tend to forget like actually you can do that, you know. Like but we are so busy with like playing gigs, like live shows. Yeah. And you know, play for certain numbers of audience, but if you post it, the audience is everywhere. So that's uh I think that's a good thing to do now. And I'm excited. And also, I have like a solo violin concert uh, in the end of May. Mm. Actually, I can go to this venue. It's a, it's called Soapbox Gallery in Brooklyn, and they have a great sounding room. But it's a it's a solo, so it's not really breaking the rule of social distancing. And uh, we they are doing the streaming uh, thing, so it's a very cool thing. Oh, nice! I didn't know they were doing that. That's super cool. Yeah. When is that going to be? Uh, it's on May 27th. Nice. Awesome. Excellent. I'm glad yeah. to know about that. And Kang, what, what have you been up to? I, bet, I saw some video you made on Max MSP, and I was going to ask oh, you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, some, for some reason, I've been less active on the social media because I guess I, I was like in the cave right now doing <laughs> thousands of different things. Um, learning new things every day and trying to figure it out how can I make music in a way that I never done before and um, yeah that's pretty much it and also similar to Tomoko I'm, I'm releasing like an old recording of of the performance in the past too I'm premiering one tonight actually Yay! yes it's a Thai standard um, which is called Sneha and yeah I'm it's it's a live recording video from the album released back in December before I went off for an Asia tour, and then coming back hopefully for a US tour and it's all canceled. So yeah, here we are now. That's pretty yeah. much it for me. Where's yep. that? Where's that video? Is it on your YouTube or your Facebook? Where's yeah, the video? it's going to be on my YouTube and also I just post something on Facebook that I'm going to be premiering this, and I'm probably gonna post it again when it's you know it's live on yeah, youtube sure. yeah excellent and excellent. my name spell k-e-n-g-c-h-a-k-a-j yeah luckily it's actually <laughs> it's right on your uh little square so people can see it that's perfect yeah yeah i don't know if that was real or not but now we know now okay we know. Yeah. except for doug's doug says his wife's name yeah, sorry. <laughs> She's a photographer, so you know. So, hey, maybe maybe she'll get some hits off of this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what have you guys been doing to stay sane? I don't know if this is necessarily sane, but for me, I I decided on Saturday that I was just going to try to run my first half marathon. So I did that out of, wow. kind of just out of the blue. So that was uh, I'm trying to 
push myself to uh, do things that I wouldn't normally do. And I've always cool. thought like, uh, hey, it, why would you run for that long? That's a really long time. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I, have, I guess I have time right now. I don't have to do anything. So, uh, But what, what else have you guys been up to? Have you been watching anything, cool. reading anything, any stuff, cool. stuff you want to share? I know somebody's trying to jump cool. in. Yeah, Seth. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, this the room behind me actually um, and my in-laws uh, in uh, Millbrook, the Millbrook area. And uh, she wanted to redo this whole room. And so now they have a tremendous amount of time. We ended up uh, pulling up the carpet and we painted all the walls. And oh, wow. uh, we been took out the doors and we're basically renovating uh, half their house. Doing a little bit each <laughs> Just day. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> Just, <yeah. laughs> so this is brand new as of uh, this morning. Oh, wow. Uh, the purple, purple color. So we've done that. But it's been nice to have something uh, other than the music to keep up my time because I do have so much time to write and practice and shed. And it's mm -hmm. nice to have at least to do something else and that you accomplished something uh, that's not music related. Um, so it's, that's been really grounding to me. I, I've just noticed that all of the yards in my neighborhood are immaculate. Immaculate, yeah. <laughs> you know, yours I think a lot of people are spending a lot of time on landscaping activities. <laughs> are are you trying, as well? Oh, my yard looks you? good too. Okay, you, know? right. you got like yeah, a cross I, I keep hat pattern? The or... <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't gotten that far. No. <laughs> Get the scissors getting out there to make sure it's There's always right. a diaper to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll send yeah. my kids to do that. I I watched a movie the other night that I've been it's been on my list for a while and I finally got around to it. Whiplash. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I never I still have commercial. And I was I was kind of avoiding it just because I was like, oh it, that's for non musicians to you know. But I, I have to say I actually liked it. I thought it was I thought I mean, obviously, it was over the top, but I thought as a general movie, it was it was kind of fun. Um, so, I don't think I've, I'm getting a vibe like no one else liked it. So maybe <laughs> I I've, it. I've not seen <laughs> it. <laughs> no, didn't see it. I didn't okay. like it. <laughs> no, Tomoko didn't okay. like it. <laughs> so why why didn't I, you like it, Tomoko? Well, I don't know. I I I I didn't experience that at at jazz school mm. and I, I had a, such a positive experience that like it was kind of wrong thing to put that as like a default jazz school what happens you know mm. uh, um it was but i mean it's it's interesting definitely to watch it but i yeah it was kind of negative view towards the jazz academy mm. you know right yeah <laughs> I, yeah i wonder like if it's really happened in, I don't know, in the school ever really happened or it's just like a portrait of, I don't know. I mean, I didn't mm. see it, but I think I've almost yelled at my students before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just almost, right? <laughs> almost. Not... <laughs> I never, I never went all the way. Well, there. yeah, yeah. Fletcher, who's the, you know, the, the teacher in the film, he does a little bit more than yell. Um, yeah, but yeah, I've, I've heard that they kind of modeled his um, his character off of Buddy Rich because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. there are all these tapes of Buddy Rich going off on his musicians. Um, yeah, so I think they might have even pulled some like uh, verbatim 
kind of mm-hmm. lines. But I thought it was fun. I went in knowing it was going to be a little ridiculous, but I thought it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm surprised that that got brought up in conversation tonight. Yeah. I thought Whiplash. Was, <laughs> I thought it was buried in the past. I it's old we news. Like it's old news. Yeah, when I, whenever I, I when when the movie was like hot in the press. I did a, a few shows with Kenny Washington mm-hmm. and I would, I would always like introduce him and, and say, you know, he's a teacher and just think whiplash. And you know, that's, that's Kenny. So <laughs> he, he didn't appreciate that very much. I, I was teaching at a, at a urban public school in Rochester, New York at the time that movie came out. And I, I definitely have been accused of being that guy, but I think hopefully tongue in cheek. You're so nice, you know. Doug. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have bad days. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I guess we all do. So, Kang, you didn't actually answer my question. I really wanted to know what you were doing with Max oh, MSP. Oh, I was okay. Yes, yes. Um, so it's one thing that keeps me sane is like learning new things, right? Mm-hmm. So, I've been interesting in um, this electronic music and also like um, working with Max MSP. And so, so I started this um, Cadence website course about Max MSP, and and I've I've uh, it's been three session, and and the 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 Max MSP patch that I posted, that's what it was like kind of like um, an extension of the of the assignment that that they giving us to do. So I was like using just a sam- sampling um, sample. So I play, I've been practicing this Matt Mitchell um, piece called Veins, and it's kind of like 12 tone and pretty like hard interval, like larger interval that I never play. So I've been practicing that and I sampled that into a um, smaller pieces and I put it in Max MSP and I even play it, play back the sample even smaller mm-hmm. so it have like kind of a smaller ga- grain and it somehow make that kind of ambient sound that you hear that you all hear in the in the in the clip yeah, yeah i've always and, been curious about it i've never never tried to use it but i've been curious yeah. and so the next next project next small project of max and i'm gonna use a kind of like a tie tuning that uh we we talked about last time mm-hmm. and use that and make it make the kind of similar music with that patch that i make and let's see what happened i haven't really sampling anything yet and i haven't tuned my piano into the tie tuning i was gonna ask you oh but i think i did a pretty good job tuning my own piano so mm-hmm. so <laughs> i guess that a success <laughs> Nice. Wait, is that so? Wait, is that a different kind of tuning? Yeah. So it's um. So the Thai tuning have seven. It's it's a it's a scale that has seven tones, and that's it. So so, um, supposedly it's supposed to be seven. Um, what do you call like equal? Oh, so the so the o- the octave is divided by seven. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's actually sounds similar to Dorian or Mixolydian. 
which is mm. like which is kind of the main um, flavor that I've been using to write my own music and also like write the Thai flavor music um, for the yeah. But now I'm just gonna even more wanna go even deeper with that kind of tuning system and just like okay, let's see if I do it. If I retune my piano into that Thai tuning system, or if I tune my electronic, uh, if I tune my synthesizer into that kind of thing, or if I use sampling that derived from that tuning, or if I use sampling from a Thai real Thai instrument, how that's gonna sound, and how am I gonna be able to create a creative music out of that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I look forward. I'm still. I'm looking forward to hearing that when you. Me too. Out. It's maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So um, I'm curious, I, I'm sure a lot of you all are doing new things online. And um, I wonder if anybody has any suggestions, things they've figured out in terms of either streaming or teaching online or any strategies that they might want to share with any musicians or students that have started doing this stuff. I have a feeling, you know, people are going to, it's not just going to go away. I feel like it's going to be only uh, become yeah, I mean, more of an extension. Of I mean, I've, I've actually, well, like both my brother and I have, have been working on building our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the reasons I got inspired was from your YouTube channel, Nick. I mean, um, you know, YouTube's a really cool resource because, um, because you get subscribers mm -hmm. and um, they stay with you. So once someone subscribes to your channel and wants to see your content, you maintain that subscriber. So it's kind of a, a, a good cumulative way of building followers and then maintaining them, uh, which is really key because once you build up uh, a lot of people who are interested in your content, um, you could wait a month and then release a new video and they all see it. Um, and so when you go into YouTube and you check out all the analytics and view count, there's so much you can do to uh, maximize your potential of people subscribing to you and, and getting more likes and views and comments and this sort of thing. I mean, it's, it's a whole science in itself. Um, uh, but it is a really good resource for getting your music out there. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you guys can I ask Peter yeah. a question about that? Sure. Do, do you, f so I, Am not. I've never really been overly involved or interested in that type of marketing of myself or the uh -huh. thinking about things in that way. And I, you know, it's a it's kind of a, a weakness or a, or an area that I am kind of aware of, you know. And so I I I just do what I do in the day. If I've got a gig, I'm going to go do that gig. Now I will maybe throw on a live stream on Facebook or something every once in a while or. Um, you know, I will, uh, I will use the resources a little bit, but never as deeply as you're talking about going in and looking at how to maximize this and, and monetize it or, you know, turn it into, yep, yeah. do you, do you feel like without this time you would have ended up digging this deeply into your YouTube channel? Probably, yeah, probably not. I mean, one thing I've noticed is. Um, because I'm looking at the number of views and subscribers that we're getting in the past month, it's way up from what it usually is, 
which is obvious because people are at home. They're looking for stimulation. They can't go to concerts and comedy clubs and hangouts and sort of thing. So they're on YouTube. Um, so we have noticed that our views and um, comments and um, subscribers have been increasing more than usual. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I think it's um, like this time is, is a time where artists needs to, we need to keep our audiences engaged because, because when this, you know, wears off and uh, we can start playing live again, all those fans that we built up, we don't want to lose them. So I think that's the, the biggest reason why you see artists doing videos and live streams and this sort of thing, because they know it's a competitive field It's you know, in the, in this market we're in and, all the support that you've built up can be lost over this um, kind of dead zone of six months or a year that we're not going to be able to connect with our fans. Um, so what, one of the things my brother and I have been working on is, is kind of like cross uh, using our different social medias to kind of cross support each other. So, you know, if we support our YouTube channel on Facebook, we can draw supporters from Facebook over YouTube, or maybe we can, do an email blast or email list, tell people to like us on Facebook or whatever to kind of build up the list and allow them to help each other. I, I would not mind asking one other question of the group, Nick, if you know, if you, you know, you can cut me off, man, you're the boss. Shut up, Doug. Um, <laughs> Mute. I'm taking over. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, it doesn't even say my name anyway, so. I'll just be talking <laughs> and nobody will know that he, he won't stop. He just... Okay. So I would be interested to know if some, something recently that I, one of the, you know, somebody trying to make nice content, I saw something uh -oh. and I thought, man, that I, I don't know if the quality is at the level that I would if this was a live performance, I would not be impressed with the quality. I would almost feel like, I don't know if this should have been put out there. And I'm wondering if you, if, you know, everybody's thoughts on, could there be negative consequences to all that everyone's trying to do at this time? Like what would be the potential pitfalls of having so much of our content be transferred to this, you know, one well, yeah. Thing. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing is, you know, on the, on the internet to, to get attention, all you need to get is a click, you know, it's like, it's like the critique of mainstream media. If you make the headline as egregious as possible, you get a click, but you know, when you're at a, and when you're at a concert, you need to entertain someone for two hours straight. So you really have to create a quality product. Whereas the internet, you can create like five seconds of something that's really um, attractive. And then everything after that can be nonsense. Uh, so I think that's a good, that's a good, that's a good point you're making. I haven't really <laughs> thought, thought about that as much. Yeah. I remember a while ago, this was, I was maybe in high school or when social media was kind of on the rise, maybe it was college. And somebody, I just heard somebody, they were talking about, you know, people that create content and things. And the, the comment that stuck with me was someday you're going to have to be what you tell everyone you are. Mm -hmm. So you can make all this content and yeah, it might be short, short clips and things, but 
and it may build up a following, but at some point there's going to be a concert with a thousand people or a big lecture or something. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to come out <laughs> whether you're, you know, whether yeah. you can hang or, or not. Mm. So that was always something that stuck with me. And uh, just that phrase, and I think about it regularly, even, you know, in times where we're not in quarantine and you see content and, you know, you see things like Nick's and you're like, man, this stuff is amazing. Right. And then you, then you see something else and you're like, man, it's not even close. <laughs> like, so, you know, it, it's just, some, it's definitely something to think about before you hit, you know, upload. Um, uh, you know, right when this all happened, I felt the pressure like, oh, I want to put something out there, you know. So I just played a tune into my phone like everybody does, you know. <laughs> and then it started banging away, getting so many views. And I kept, I must have listened to it back 15 times. And I was like, man, this, this sucks. Like, why did I do this? <laughs> and I took a good, you know, a, a couple of weeks where I said, man, I need to rethink this because like you, so I think maybe Pete said, more people are looking right now. And what do I want this content to be? I love that idea of, you know, can it, you know, what the quote, Brian, you might have to say the quote again, but you know, are you, are you actually as, yeah. as good as your little uh, headline is yeah. demonstrating? And, you yeah, know, you that's made me think you tell people you are. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I've been doing recently is just spending like an hour at the beginning of the week kind of planning what I'm going to post mm -hmm. the whole week. And that's been super helpful for me because I don't know about everyone else, but some days I'll spend hours trying to think of what I'm going to post this day and I'll try to all these different things. And, I'm, and by the end of the day, I'm like, okay, well, nothing really worked out. So <laughs> just not going to post anything today. But with uh, the scheduling that I've been doing, it's been really helpful to have like a really solid plan and kind of mix things up and not just post the similar things each day. And I've been trying to mix things up in that, that way. And it's helped me stay off social media more so that I just have, you know, like be really productive and then get off of it. And it saves me a lot of time. Mm doing yep. that for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I, was... I like the uh the scheduling and then the like I do my website through Squarespace and then you can mm -hmm. do like the push to the channels. Right. Something I just recently figured out about and like once I figured like oh I can do a bunch of things and then schedule them to go out and then not think about it. Like oh. Right. This is amazing. I never <laughs> knew this. So yeah. that that's definitely something that uh, you know if there's people listening that are interested in that sort of thing definitely worth checking out. For sure. Yeah, I was just having this conver same conversation with one of my students who's graduating. Uh, well, yeah, graduating this semester. And we were talking about, he's like, I don't want to put out things on social media because I see, I'll just, I'm not going to say any names. I see such and such doing this and such and such doing that. And I don't like how he does this. And I don't like how she does that and blah, blah, blah. And, and so I gave him that exact, the exact advice, you know, that you have to plan out what you're going to do and you have to make it, mm -hmm. you have to make it so that it's easy because if it's hard, you're not going to do it. You know, and if, yeah. so like 
putting out it's it's hard to make time to do it and then you end up doing what doug did and just play something in your phone and you put it up but if you play a whole bunch of stuff into your phone and then a week later you go back and say oh yeah i'm going to post one of these things i did then you can be like yeah. oh, wait, this 30 seconds is actually okay i'll post that part you know that's what i, I mean that happens to me i'm like oh all this sucks let me just delete all this <laughs> nobody's gonna see this that's for sure but uh <laughs> um yeah, the content scheduling is a game changer. I agree. It keeps you off of social media because you're not yeah. searching around to like figure out what to post because you're just like, all right, posted, closing this app, going back to the Tiger King or whatever. Painting. <laughs> painting. Lots of painting. I, I think <laughs> another fascinating thing about all of this, too, is, you know, Nick, I, I feel like you are one of the people I know who is you know, you and your team at Outside In, you're very knowledgeable and have done the research and have something that, you know, at some point the bug of, you know, let me figure out how to do this and, and work in this kind of realm has bitten you and you've been able to go after that. Um, you know, I always tell people when, when you're 19 years old in the practice room at college, you, you know, in terms of being a teacher, you're not thinking about, man, I'm going to learn this solo so I can just teach the crap out of this thing someday, <laughs> you know, like nobody thinks like that. And definitely, I think, you know, for most of us as musicians, the, these utilizing these resources, I mean, this is not our main field. <laughs> you know, market. We did. We did not study when we were learning our JJ Johnson solos. We weren't thinking about. You know, we weren't taking a marketing class on the side. You know, we were one tracked. And how can we be the best possible musicians we can be? Mm -hmm. And you know, but but for everyone, and I think this probably goes back to the early days of this music. That ends up becoming part of what we can. What we what musicians need to do and have to do if we're, especially now in this area era of kind of do it yourself marketing. <laughs> and so Brian, to me, Brian's, you know, discovery there is, is interesting. And even like the Andersons with this YouTube thing, but we're all have to kind of dig around for ourselves to find what works the best and do all this research. And so of course it's great to be associated with you and outside in and all these people who are doing this, but, you know, it can seem daunting and overwhelming, like for your student, of, I got to do what? I got to schedule out social media posts, man. What's this have to do with, you know, playing blues in all 12 keys, you know, because it's all hard. It's all equally as hard, you know. I think the other thing is, that, at least for me, something that's kind of come, become clearer the last few months is in regards to thinking about this, but also just creating materials in general is you know, just like anything, you have to find your voice and your thing. And I think that's some, a step that maybe people skip as well. You know, I feel like that is something that's become clear for me of the things that I like and what I like to spend my time with and whether that's going to be, you know, print books instead of, you know, blog posts or, and how I'm going to deal with that information, you know, how you want to do it, you know, to fit whatever you're trying to do but just that what what feels right what's organic for you as a content creator but something that you're passionate about and that's something that comes through with people that are great content creators too it's you know it's clear that it's not just they're not just creating content they very they have a vision and they're passionate about that vision and i think again when you've come across somebody's material that is just content 
that stands out too because it's like well it just feels like you're just putting out stuff just to do it but you know finding your voice just like we do in music and everything i think it relates here as well so for sure yeah. for sure and i think i think uh it's just you don't have to do it that's i don't necessarily think you have to do it but you're making a choice if you don't do it that you're not going to be in the place where people are looking for stuff you know that's how i i look at it. it's like people are on instagram looking for stuff and if you're not there then they're not going to find you they'll find us some joe schmo who can't play the trombone and he's like farting into the horn and you're like <laughs> like well, okay great well i'll put at least something out there that's different than that but um I don't want to take too much advantage of everyone's time. So I want to give everybody a chance to let people know about where they can find your music and what you're working on and your projects and all this stuff. So I'd love for everybody to go around one more time and just say your website or your Instagram or whatever, wherever you want to send people and what's coming up with where they can look for your stuff. I know some people it's very soon, some people in a couple of months. So let's let everyone know where they can find your stuff. So let's start with Tomoko and let us know when's the record coming out. Where can people find your stuff? Where are they going to find your videos and all that? Sure. Uh, my album is coming out in August 28th, Friday. Mm -hmm. um, the title is Branches. I can't say the title, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the title is Branches, uh, Volume 1. Uh, I recorded a uh, lot of songs and ended up not fitting in I mean, it was too long to put it in one album. So I'm releasing two volumes and one of them is coming out. And um, uh, yeah, via outside in music. And also my website is uh, tomokomura.com. And along with that, I will be releasing a lot of uh, videos um, and some music videos from the album. And uh, I'll be posting on my YouTube channel uh, which is Tomoko Mura videos. Um, yeah, very excited. Excellent. Well, thank you for being here. Kang? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so you, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Oh, of um, Just by one handle, which is Kang Shakat, K E N G C H A K A J. Um, I have released my debut album on Next Level Outside in Music last November. And I'm working on new music every day, um, which I'm looking forward to do more. And hopefully I can post something more. And yes, tonight I'm premiering um, Snehar, live version from the Rockwood Music Hall. And yeah, hope to see you there. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, Seth? Uh, yeah, I released my debut album one month ago tonight. Um, it's called Truth, and it's uh, eight big band compositions that I've been working on for the past few years. And uh, you can find all of my stuff at Seth Weaver Music on Instagram, uh, YouTube, Facebook. And uh, thanks again, Nick, for having me. Great talking to all of y'all. Uh, Pete and Will? Sorry, I don't mean to always sure. put you together, but... Yeah. Yes. Uh, thank, thanks to Nick for, for doing all these uh, amazing sessions. It's really a joy to get to talk to all of you and meet you and hear what you're doing. And um, my brother and I are releasing uh, our first record on Outside In um, on May 19th, and we're thrilled to be part of the family. So thanks and hope to be back again soon. For sure. Uh, Will, anything to add? <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not really. Our next album is going to be a tribute to Whiplash. So, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Brian? That's what's to come. Yeah, right. Brian, you want to sign off here? Yeah. Uh, again, my debut album is coming out August 7th, and that is titled Sunflower Song. I also have a uh, jazz etude project I'm doing, and that's you can find information about that at my website and on Facebook, brianscarbermusic.com and brianscarbermusic on Facebook. And uh, I have another new um, kind of educational series that I'm starting in quarantine that I'm hoping to get started. The first one is written. It just requires just a little bit of editing. So hopefully to have, have that up on the website and Facebook soon. And uh, I also am working on a research project. It's um, So you may see, uh, and this will be for trombone players, but a Google survey or something posted on my website, Facebook, um, and trying to get that shared around kind of a data collection and um, yeah, just kind of, kind of the start of a, of a big project, but with this time I'm going to dive into it. So nice. Uh, yeah. So excited about all that. Excited to be part of the outside in family and uh, yeah, nice to, nice to meet you all. So is, uh, is what's your website? Did you say it? Yeah, it's uh, www.brianscarboroughmusic.com and then on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Music. Cool. And Doug? Okay, so I had a record come out on Outside In back in January called Motion, and it features uh, some some of my buddies from Rochester, New York, friends of Nick's. Um, and so that's, uh, that's available everywhere, streaming and hard copies. Um, and uh, so my website is DougStoneJazz.com, and I'm on Instagram at DougStoneJazzSaxophone, and on Facebook as well. Um, I also have started a podcast. I've been, I, I release a, a, just a half an hour talk with uh, different tenor saxophone playing friends of mine every Monday, and that uh, podcast is called Tenor Talk. And you can uh, find that on my website, DougStoneJazz.com, as well as wherever you get your podcasts. And that's been a fun project. And just being associated with Nick and Outside In and people like you, I, I definitely have have some plans of things in the future, especially trying to, to, to get some music recorded with some guys here uh, in the southeastern Louisiana and New Orleans area that I've been playing with a lot. And uh, so... So, yeah, thanks for doing this, Nick. This is really cool, really fun. Great to meet everybody. Excellent. Well, thank you all so much for being here. I won't take up any more of your time. Please check out all of their websites. Lots of great music coming your way this month and all summer long and uh, in the future. So thank you all, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye.